T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. I'm back, baby. baby. Back now to more of the John Chuckery Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back in the Kia Studios on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It is John Chuckery Show coming to you live on this Monday evening. 404-726-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. The Odyssey app say you catch us on the go. Social media is at 929thegame. I am at JMSH316. This should not look at all things Atlanta Falcons. It is the Falcons flyover. So, Touchdown Wire, the uh, USA Today website dedicated to the Atlanta Falcons, has uh, done their power rankings amongst all of their writers and such. And um, the Falcons have come in at number 26. So this is from Natalie Miller of Touchdown Wire. While the Falcons' offense is set up to be a dynamic run-first team, there is quite a few questions, mainly on defense and with second-year quarterback Desmond Ritter. If the quarterback and defense continues to develop, Atlanta could find itself in mid—or uh, sorry, find itself on fire during the midseason. Now, look, um, you know it, it is interesting that Vegas has gone from a four-and-a-half win total last year to eight-and-a-half this year. Now, that doesn't happen in a vacuum. Vegas is not in the business of losing a whole bunch of money. So to go from four-and-a-half to eight-and-a-half does speak a lot about how much this team is upgraded. So I do look at this team as a probably nine-to-ten win team. I think 11 is their ceiling. If things go well, they can get, you know, uh, a win or two more than what I project. And I still think their floor is seven or eight. I don't think that they could do, I mean, even if Desmond Ritter is just an average quarterback, I don't think that they're even less than a seven or eight win team when all is said and done. So, again, I know a lot of folks have, um, you know, them as being a, being a um, being a team that could win the NFC, but maybe not in that upper tier of playoff teams in the NFC. But we'll see. I mean, again, I still think that they are a 9 or 10 win team when all is said and done. And look, that is improvement. Say what you will. You know, it may not be what some people think is improvement, but even 9 or 10 wins 
is improvement. Even if they don't make the playoffs, if they're a 9 or 10 win team, which there's no reason why 10 wins wouldn't get them in the playoffs, maybe win the division, maybe 9 wins could win the division. But if they're 9 or 10 wins and they don't make the playoffs, that's still much improvement. Like, that's still a good year for the Falcons. You have to keep turning the corner and increasing that win total. Then eventually you'll get to that 12-13 kind of mark, and now you're in you know the upper stratosphere of teams in the NFC and in the NFL. All right, I thought this was an interesting story that I came across, and we'll give uh, credit to the author, author uh, Jeremy Brenner, who uh, had a headline, Can Falcons' Desmond Ritter break third-round quarterback curse? Now, he says in the article, Since 2013, only Mike Glennon, and Jacoby Brissett have had more than 30 starts in their career. Both of these quarterbacks are journeymen, and neither can say that they have been a franchise quarterback. So in the last 10 years, you've had two third-round quarterbacks that have made 30 starts in the NFL. Now, here is where I think that that curse or mold or whatever could be broken. You know, and it's funny because Glennon and Brissett basically followed one another. I mean, Brissett basically followed Mike Glennon at NC State. And, and there was a year in between because Brissett had to sit out for a year in the tra- – you know, again, this was before the transfer portal and all that. He had to sit out a year before he could play for, for NC State. So Mike Glennon was – played the, his final year at NC State in 2012. There was 2013. And then in 14, Jacoby Brissett took over as the starter. So – Again, very close to one another. But here's the thing. Jacoby Brissett and Mike Glennon, in their final two years where they started the vast majority of games, they were 15-11 and 11 combined. Each one of those guys was 15-11 and 11 in their two years at NC State. Desmond Ritter at Cincinnati was 42-6 and six overall. And... He was a guy that helped, and, and we'll talk about Sauce Gardner later on in the NFL squib kick, but he was a guy who completely elevated that program and took them to a level that a lot of people thought would never happen, that a uh, uh, group of five team could find themselves in the national semifinals, lining up against, you know, a uh, Alabama. And then even the year before, in the Sugar Bowl against Georgia, You know, they were one of the premier programs in that three, four-year window that Desmond Ritter was there. Now, he didn't do it all by himself, but my point to this is, is that this kid is a winner. And that was the thing that I talked about last year, why he was my favorite draft pick, why I liked him so much. He's a natural winner. Mike Glennon and Jacoby Brissett aren't natural winners. They didn't even win in college. I mean, 15 and 11 is as average as it gets. 42-6 42-6 and six at Cincinnati. And you can talk about level of competition, but they played Ohio State, they played Georgia, they played Alabama, they played UCLA. You know, they played a lot of good programs. So it wasn't just beating up on St. Mary's Sister of the Poor. They were winning their conference, winning their, you know, uh, bowl games, and lining up against good programs. And Desmond Ritter was able to elevate them into that kind of level. Again, didn't say he did it all by himself. They were a very talented team. But Desmond Ritter was the linchpin in all that. And you look at this roster. He doesn't have to be great for them to win. He doesn't have to be a guy that throws 30 touchdowns 
and 5,000 yards and all of these other things that go along with it. He doesn't have to be that kind of guy. They've built a roster around Desmond Ritter where if he's just pretty good, they can thrive. His big thing is show me that he's a good red zone quarterback. Show me that he can be efficient in the red zone. That's my number one thing about this offense. Tell me we're going to be a 67% red zone offense that gets us into the top five, six, and now I'll tell you that we become a team that is a real threat on offense and a group that is at that elite type of offensive level. So I don't think Desmond Ritter has to be outstanding. I think he's got to be good. I think he's got to be, you know, a little bit more than maybe a glorified game manager. But still, I think that he's a guy that is not going to turn the football over. He's a smart, heady player. He's not going to take too many unnecessary chances and risks. And if he can avoid the turnovers, which I think he will, unlike Marcus Mariota, there's no reason why that he can't be a starter for a bunch of years on this franchise. Now, I don't know if he's going to start 1,000 games, 100 games, 50, whatever. But there's no reason why that for the next few years that he can't be an efficient quarterback and and break this curse where, again, Glennon and Brissett are the only guys that have started 30 games in the last 10 years as third-round quarterbacks drafted. Because I think this kid is a natural winner, and I think that's the big intangible that he brings to this organization. Say what you will about, you know, his touchdowns, his interceptions, his completion percentage. But if you're a winner, you're a winner. And there's a lot to like about that. There's a lot to – I mean, listen, Tim Tebow was not a technically skilled quarterback. But you know what? Even at the NFL level, for all of his flaws and warts and all of the things that he did wrong, he got Denver to the playoffs and won a playoff game. You know, say what you will. Would you take a playoff win right now? Falcons are one of 14 teams in the NFL over the last four years that don't have a playoff win. And go look at that. Go look at that list, Dom, on CBS on on CBS on the NFL, their Twitter page. They had the 14 teams that have not won a playoff game. Well, look how many of those teams have been in the playoffs. Because most of the vast majority of those teams have been in. They may not have won a playoff game, but the vast majority of those teams have been in the playoffs, except for the Falcons, and a couple of other teams. I think Detroit, you know, I mean, the list of teams who have not been in the playoffs in the last four years is minuscule at best. All right, A.J. Terrell talking about his goals for this offseason and uh, what he's trying to get ready to do. Very interesting quote here. Quote, I'm focused on taking care of my body. The older we get, the more the body wants to shut down. I'm already to start I'm already starting to feel it and understand what the older guys have been talking about all of these years. You have to respect the body and do what I'm supposed to do to be able to come out here and play at 100%. Now again, he's only 24 years old, but still again the accumulation of hits and things like that that you take on your body, you know, certainly wears on you. He said it's it's about prehab over rehab. Even when I'm not hurt, I try to stay on top of things and do everything the right way. 
He's uh, and, and Falcons uh, secondary coach Stephen Jackson said he's a competitor. It doesn't matter the technique or situation. He's going to do his job. When he what he does is get out there and win every single play. He's a competitor to the umpteenth degree. Well, again, the guy that I want to see get his hands on AJ Terrell is Jerry Gray. Let me see Jerry Gray get his hands on AJ Terrell and make him the star that he was a couple of years ago. All right, when we get back, Brad Rowland is going to join us from uh, Locked On Hawks, Chuck Reed in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. John Chuckery Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. John Chuckery Show on this Monday evening with you. Evening with this. Well, the Hawks continue to make some moves. I'm not sure how good we're getting, but, um, you know, a lot has happened in this short uh, offseason. Let's head out to the waitfor.com hotline. Let's talk to our buddy Brad Rowland. He, of course, is the host of the Locked on Hawks podcast, a daily podcast about the Atlanta Hawks. You can check him out on his personal Twitter page, at BT Rowland. Brad, as always, buddy, appreciate a few minutes on the show, and uh, thanks for joining me, as always. It is my pleasure. Happy to do it. So let's start with the DeJounte Murray contract. You know, you and I have talked a lot about this, and, and I've talked with everybody about this, that – Look, I, I, I like it. I, I like the fact that they went bold and made him an offer. Uh, I just I don't know what I don't know that there's any downside to this. I mean, is there anything that I'm missing with this? But this felt like a, a home run kind of move for this franchise. Yeah, I would say so. I was a little bit surprised that he signed it, but I was not surprised that the Hawks were offering it. I think the whole time. Uh, the scuttlebutt was that the Hawks were going to offer this contract, and if DeJounte accepted, he accepted it. If not, it would just that would be the end of it because the Hawks can only offer so much. That was the limiting factor. Sometimes, I guess, limitations can be helpful for negotiation because you can go to the player and say, "Look, this is all we can offer you. This is this is it." And uh, DeJounte took it. There's some security there for him. But yeah, I tend to agree with you. Obviously, there's always a little bit of risk with any four-year deal like this. But as far as the market is concerned. This is a below-market contract for the player, especially with the rising cap, and he's, he's obviously part of their future. So it's a move that they definitely should have made if he was able to sign it, and because he did, it worked out well for the Hawks. 
Yeah, and, and look, I think the idea of getting this done, and I do think that, you know, again, for the Hawks, you know, this is good to get this done. And I think in some ways DeJounte Murray wants to get this done. Like, you put all of this behind you. Now it's all about focusing on basketball. Now it's about focusing on getting this team better. Because if he didn't sign this extension, and, and look, I, again, I, I, I was glad that they offered him the max to maybe entice him. But if he doesn't sign it, then you leave all kinds of questions in the air. Do they trade him at the deadline? Do they stick with him? Do this, do that? I mean, just, there would be so many questions floating around if this move wasn't made. And I just think that, that now we can put all of this to bed, and now it's just basketball. Now it's just the basketball aspect of things. Yeah, I do agree. And sometimes we forget. I do this, too. I think we all do. These guys are human, and there, there's all kinds of reasons why he might want to take the contract. Look, that's a lot of money to lock in, guaranteed, $120 million, even to a professional athlete, is a ton of money. And then, what you, and then what you're talking about there is also a good point. Like, now it's just like no one's asking you about your contract, no pressure. You kind of know where you're going to be for a while. You sort of set down roots in Atlanta. He seems to like to be here. He's talked about loyalty a lot. So, yeah, it seems like that he wanted to stay, and this makes a, a, a good pathway for him to do that while also making a lot of money. Brad Rowland, host of Locked on Hawks podcast, joining me on the waitforward.com hotline. All right, uh, I've been on vacation the last week or so here, but I've still been kind of watching some of these trades. So, can can I? I just I just want to ask a dumb question first off. <laughs> when when do we start to get better on our roster versus we just are worried about opening up more cap space? Because every one of these moves that they have made, no matter who's been involved in it is about, well, the Hawks saved this much money. They've saved $4.5 million here. They've got an expiring contract here. When do we actually start making the roster you know, significantly better? Yeah, it's a very, very fair question because to this point, even the biggest transaction of the summer, other than the Murray extension, was the John Collins trade. And in the press release, the Hawks even admit that was a move that had future-facing flexibility on the mind. No deals that the Hawks have made this offseason are really geared toward improving right now. And Look, as far as just, just the roster and just this season, this team is actually not as good as it was a year ago because yes. you're just t- basically you're taking John Collins off the team and not replacing him with much of anything other than the young guys. Look, for the future, the young guys, Kobe Bufkin, Muhammad Gay, all these guys are very interesting for the future, but as rookies, they're not going to help you win a ton of games. So, yeah, I think that's a really fair question, and they're not, they actually don't have cap space. They, they have tax space now. They have flexibility. They can use the mid-level if they want to, but – it is very fair to point out, like, hey, this is a roster that probably needs to have some stuff done to it in the short term, and they're putting a lot on Quinn Snyder. That's definitely fair. I think they're going to be better just by having a full, a full season of a, gray, of a gray head coach on the bench. But roster-wise, I think you're right. This is a team that's not gotten actually better sort of player for player this offseason. So, and I – look, I, is, is there a chance that Capella or Hunter still get moved to open up more space and then – go get somebody because to your point yeah they've opened up some space from the tax you know and got below the tax threshold but it's not like I mean, begin because they have so many players under contract it's not like that they have a huge a, a whole bunch of open roster spots so could one of those guys end up still getting moved before you know we get to the fall yeah, I think that's very possible. I think the whole time they've been very available and look if you look at the free agent market right now the Hawks are not going to really be able to add a big-name player. Those guys are all signed. There's not, There's a couple of, like, supporting rotation-level players available in free agency, but anything bigger that is really geared to making the team a lot better right now has to be via trade. I think 
with Murray now unavailable to be traded, Trey's not going to go anywhere. You're looking at the guys who still make a bunch of money on the roster, and that is Hunter and that is Capella. And both guys have different reasons to be available in trade. You know, Capella, I think primarily it's because they have a Kongwu on the team. And they, they still like Capella. They've asked for a lot for Capella in trade. It's very clear that they're not going to give him away because they still value him. But they do have a, a young guy at a Kongwu that, 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 that they definitely believe in at center, which creates some interesting decision-making there. And with Hunter, he's just been okay, and he makes a bunch of money, and it's a four-year deal going out from this point forward. So um, that's a, it could be appealing to some other teams, but, yeah, I think certainly if they were going to make a bigger move, and it's a big if at this point, I think it probably has to be around one or both of those guys. So is there anybody on your radar? I mean, you know, I was looking at guys like Kyle Kuzma who were, you know, free agent and this, you know, guy and that guy, and it seems like kind of most players that are valuable for what the Hawks can be – maybe are kind of off the market. I mean, is there any kind of name that you're looking at that maybe is a left field kind of trade that just kind of comes out of nowhere and, you know, could surprise people? Is there a, a, a name that's on your radar? Yeah, I mean, the one that is certainly not necessarily out of left field right now because this name's been out there, but I think you, you keep hearing Pascal Siakam murmurs out there. He's kind of the one name that's been really tied to the Hawks. I think he is someone they do like, from what I understand. They're interested in him. Um, I think some people, I think, wrongly assumed that when they signed DeJounte to that extension, that that kind of took Siakam off the table. That's not true in what I've heard. So I think that that's a conversation that could, that could be had. He's probably a pretty logical name. It's a big it's a big contract that probably comes up at the end of the offseason, which is certainly a question. But a good player, a proven all-star player at the, at the three or the four, and also, I think that you have to build that deal kind of around Hunter. Maybe you throw Capella to a third team, that kind of thing. But as far as, like, totally off the radar, it's kind of hard to do that just because, look, I think you, you, you name Kuzman there. I think that's the spot. Like, the forward spots are where you could see a bigger move because they're already kind of locked in in the, in the backcourt. And then center is kind of not a spot where they probably need to use a lot of resources. So, yeah, circle your favorite sm- uh, smaller power forwards. So, I think Siakam's the one name that I can basically confirm that they have talked about. I don't know if that's going to get done. But certainly he's the one that I keep, I'm keeping the closest tabs on. Brad Rowland, host of Locked on Hawks podcast, joining me here on the WadeFord.com hotline. And to your point about Siakam, is, and more than even just the name, do you think that the Hawks would be more inclined, I mean, given the way this franchise is looking, that they would absorb a big contract but in a short term? You know, for instance, if Siakam was in the first year of a – five million or five year you know gazillion dollar contract would they be less likely to take on a guy like that versus okay you know if we we, you know it was like the DeJounte Murray thing you know we've got him for a year and then we reevaluate after that year and you know we see if he wants to stay or go or whatever he does I mean is that maybe more what they're looking at with you know the kind of player that they may bring in that isn't necessarily at the start of one of these big-time contracts? I think that's possible just because of flexibility. Because, look, with the roster where it is, and to this point, I don't want to say they won't ever do it, but to this point, this is not a group that's shown the willingness to pay deep into the luxury tax. So if you look at this roster, if you were to add, let's say, like you said, a three- or four-year deal making you know $40 million a year, you are right there already with just basically three guys, with Trey, DeJounte, and whoever that player is, we'll say it's the outcome in this instance. Whereas if you're doing that on a one-year deal, it's not like a flat-out experiment, 
but you're not tied to that. If, if it goes wrong this year with Siakam, you can move on from it. It won't it won't look good because you would have just traded a bunch of stuff for him. But you can let him go if you want to. Maybe get him a you know whatever the next step is. You don't, you're not tied into that at, at this massive number. So that could be appealing to them, especially in basically what amounts to year one under Snyder. I know Snyder took over in February, but it's basically a new regime starting out this season. So I think that that flexibility has been a word that I've seen thrown around quite a bit, both financially and even roster-wise, which not being too tied down is what they're doing, trying to be more malleable, more flexible, and kind of letting Snyder kind of put his imprint on the team. Brad, uh, what have you thought about the Hawks' summer league performers uh, thus far? I know it's uh, obviously a very small sample size, <laughs> but you know what, what have you thought, just kind of first blush? Yeah, it's been kind of what I expected a lot of the way. It's two games of summer league. You know, I think the, the, the fan favorite so far has been Muhammad Gay, the second-round pick. He's shown a bunch of flashes, and that's kind of the scouting report on him. I watched a lot of film after that draft, and it was basically like this is, this is the guy who's going to tantalize, and that's not a bad thing. He has a lot of upside. They drafted him thinking he was a long-term bet more than a short-term bet. But, you know, 6'11", 6'10", something like that, good athlete, uh, good shooting mechanics. Like, he's, he's, he's shown some big highlight-level plays that always gets people excited. And then Kobe Buffin looks fine. The rookie guard, like, he's not he's not been lighting the world on fire. He had, a, he had one hot stretch in the second game. But it's summer league. It's early. Um, you know, Veep Crazy looked good the other day. He's, he's sort of battling for a roster spot along with Tyrese Martin. So the Hawks have more depth in the summer league roster than most teams do because they have, I think, seven guys that are under contract on this team, which is not usually what's going to be happening. But they're also not like, other than Buffkin who and A.J. Griffin, they're not like tied to any of these guys for a, lot, a long time and high-profile stuff. So it's kind of just typical summer league fare, but they've looked pretty decent in the first two games, especially the second game that Hawks played pretty well, and that was probably encouraging everybody. Does it make sense for, you know, Bufkin to, you know, have a shot at this roster and play five or six minutes a night? Or, you know, does it make more sense for him to stay in College Park and, you know, play 30 minutes a night and start and get his sea legs under him with being a professional basketball player? I mean, it just seems like that – I mean, I look at it like this, Brad – I think the last thing that the Hawks need is another rookie or second-year player on their roster because they have to start winning now. And I don't, and I'm not, you know, saying that those guys are bad players or anything like that. But you know, again, I don't think Buffkin's, you know, LeBron James, and he's not going to come in and, you know, like the like the league on fire. Why not stay down in in College Park and and start every night and learn how to play the game and just you know, get your sea legs under you. I mean, just that, that seems like it would make more sense for where this roster is really headed right now. Yeah, I, I think that he could spend some time in College Park. You know, he's kind of on that on that borderline of a pick in the first round where you don't often see guys in the top 16, 17 picks spending a ton of time in College Park or at, at the junior level, but he could go there for sure. Uh, I think the second-round guys, Muhammad Gay, Seth Lundy, will spend some time in College Park for sure, and, um, like, if the Hawks are healthy and they hold this same roster, they do have a pretty decent amount of depth. So I tend to agree with you, generally speaking, that uh, while fans get excited, and they, and, they, and they certainly should, I'm a big fan of that, of that pick of Kobe Buffkin, um, as a rookie, he probably isn't going to help you win. Um, you probably want to play him a little bit. I think that uh, two years ago, the Hawks basically didn't play Jalen Johnson at all, and I think lived to regret that because now he kind of needed a, a little bit more seasoning in year two. There's kind of a delicate balance there that they have to walk, but I do think it's more like – experimental you want to have him play some but he's not going to you kind of have to know that he's not going to be a fixture for you every night making your team better it's kind of that mixture of like all right we want him to develop but we also want to win games now and that's kind of a tough tightrope 
Brad Rowland, he is the host of the Locked On uh, Hawks podcast. You can catch it uh, Monday through Friday. He is also on Twitter, at BT Rowland, and join me here on the waitfor.com hotline. Brad, as always, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for a few minutes tonight. We will certainly chat again here soon. Thanks for having me. You got it. John Chuckery. We'll be back. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. Now, more of the John Chuckery Show on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, back at a Chuckery show, hanging out in the Keys Studios Monday night with you. Good to be back uh, after a vacation. Well, I say good to be back. I mean, you know, I, I enjoyed vacation greatly. It's all right to say that you want to go back. It's fine. I mean, I <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, I did work. So I had, well, part half a day on Saturday, mm-hmm. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday off, and then I went back to work and my day job. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So it really was only from radio that I was right. on vacation. But mm-hmm. it was nice. We went up to um, um, Carowinds Amusement Park. Nice. Uh, yeah. up at, right out, Just right outside of Charlotte. Yeah. So Fort Mill, South Carolina. So we went up there for Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Just kind of hung out. My daughter and I just went to the park and all that. That's why I'm so tan. That's why my face is. Look good, man. Yeah, that's why my my. I'm all tanned up or whatever, but it, it was pretty red. It was, yeah. it was, we, we were out there for, we, we were out there from, at the amusement park, we were out there mm-hmm. from 10 o'clock in the morning because we got, because we literally were 1.7 miles in, from the park in the hotel that oh, we nice. stayed at. Really nice hotel, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, this, uh, it's called um, Avid. It's Avid, an IHG okay. hotel and okay. it's, um, it's, it's called Avid and it's right by, and it's really cool. It's like, one of these kind of no frills, but kind of modern, uh-huh. really nice, clean. They get free breakfast. They got coffee anytime you Love want. Um, uh, a little store that you can buy drinks and yep. stuff at. Um, so, and, and very, I mean, very reasonably priced. Like I, I got a, I'm, I'm a, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying, I'm a <laughs> Priceline. Yeah. Um, I think gold level VIP or whatever. Okay. So I mean, I get I get really good deals like yeah. through through Priceline and all that. So and I've bought you know a whole bunch of hotel rooms and rental cars and flights and stuff like that through them. So I get pretty good deals on it. Nice. And, uh, and it was very reasonably priced, but it was a really nice hotel that they, they, they were just open. I think, I think right before the pandemic, but anyway, so we had a good time out there and just got a chance to get away for a few days before, you know, football season gets all cranked up and all that good kind of stuff. So, uh, and I know day days on vacation all week long. So pretty much everybody, in these from last week, this week, um, the week before, because again, I think don't we have to have all of our vacations over by? Is yep. it is it is it a week from Monday? Something like that. I think the twenty fourth. Yeah, I think it's. I think we have to have all of the vacations done either mm-hmm. this week or next week. Yeah, get them in. Yeah, because <laughs> then again, because then once we get to um, Thursday the twenty seventh, then you know uh, it's training camp season. Now, why do I have to go again to this meeting on Monday? Why do I have to go <laughs> drive all the way down here? You, you know, it, be a part of the team, John. We mm-hmm. we, we gotta we gotta but stick here's, together. <laughs> but here's the thing: so I drive down here, and it's it's in an awkward time 
Yes. So the, yes. the meeting is from noon until probably 1 o'clock. Yeah. Okay, then what do I do with myself? Like, <sighs> go to Saints and Council, have lunch. Yeah, but a, a four-hour lunch, like again, <laughs> because you know, like I'll be I'll be back down here come from my show. So, uh, in all honesty, like I want to get out of that meeting, go home as as quickly as I can, and take a nap, and you know, then then come back down here. But still, it's a lot of driving. Like it's yes, just it it's a lot of yes. driving. Do they pay, do they pay gas? Do they? Give they, gas. They, they do not. Do they gas don't. No. How about how about the parking situation? Are they are they giving us free parking? No, that's like eighty bucks a month if you want to no. do that. Okay. Oh, I do it. <laughs> I do it. I've done it for eleven years. I was doing it when we were still paying the money, but had to park across the street at the Proscenium. Really? Yes. So you know where you know where Fourteenth is right yes, here. Yeah. Okay. So if you go if you go down Peachtree, take a right. That first street on the left is called Crescent Avenue. Yep. Okay. There's mm-hmm. a subway, and there's I, I don't know I don't know if it's still um, uh, what's the nightclub we were talking about um, with Day uh, Day and I last week. Um, oh gosh, Opera. I don't okay. know. If, I don't okay. know. If, I don't know if Opera is still on Crescent there, but there's um, um, oh gosh, see my brain is dead. <laughs> um, the restaurant that's there. Um, South City, South City Kitchen, South City Kitchen. Yeah, so it's on, it's on Crescent, but so we used to have to park at the Proscenium over here mm. because this parking deck was basically Nakatomi Towers, you know, <laughs> from Die Hard. Yeah, you know, like it was just blown up under construction, uh-huh. never finished, and all. And that was years that we had to go through all of that because you're new to the station, yeah, right? Yeah. So you started how long ago? Uh, I will have been here for two years. Okay, so you're just a young plunk. Yeah, Yeah. you don't know anything. So again, (laughs) so we we had Nakatomi Towers on there, and we used to have to walk over to where that subway is. Literally, that that parking deck where the subway is. That's where we had to walk over from. So again, you know, schlubbing at eleven o'clock at night. (laughs) Yeah, you're tired, you're worn out, and all that good kind of stuff, and having to schlub it down the road um, just to. And we still had to pay to park. Like we didn't get a discount. Yeah, we didn't. That's to pay. ridiculous. The only time I got a discount is when they wanted me to start parking over here at Woodruff Arts Center because the parking deck was not finished. And mm-hmm. so we would park over at Woodruff, and it turned out that they don't let anybody out late at night. So they're usually closed <laughs> by the time we would go there, uh-huh. and they wouldn't let people out late at night. And it was a whole hassle hmm. to try to get out of the parking deck because – Again, they 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 did not have anybody there, and they wouldn't let people out at that point. So it's just nonsense. But anyway, so you're uh, you're new to all of this kind of stuff. Um, so you uh, you got a lot to you got a lot to get involved in with the uh, with <laughs> yeah, the radio. Got a lot station, to look so. forward to. <laughs> yes, yes. So anyway, all right. Speaking of uh, you know doing a, a lot of things that we need to learn, let's get to what's bugging Chuckery. Don't look now, but somebody out there just got Chuckery ticked off. <laughs> Like, that's hard. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. It's time for What's Bugging Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. So, I will I will fully admit, okay, that I'm probably going to hell for this take, okay? Okay? So, headline. Former USA Gymnastics and Michigan State team doctor Larry Nassar was stabbed multiple times in Florida federal prison during an altercation with another inmate, per reports. Now, 
This is the guy who's the biggest scuzzbag, dirtbag, lowlife in the United States of America. A guy who sexually assaulted teenage girls on the USA gymnastics team for his jollies and all that and did it not once or not twice. You know, again, one time inappropriate. Maybe he made a mistake. Nope. He did this for years to these girls and traumatized them for years and used his obviously power and influence. And again, I will say, and I'm, I'll go to hell for this if that's what it needs to be, okay? Boo frickety who. He deserves to not be alive on this earth any longer. And if that makes me a bad guy, I'll be the bad guy. Because this guy is the ultimate scuzzbag, lowlife, dirtbag, scum-sucking, whatever. I, you know, again, I'm trying to not use four-letter curse words as much as I can <laughs> in describing this guy, what a piece of garbage this human being is. And you look at him, and you want to punch him in his stupid-looking face with his glasses on and his stupid look and his stupid frown. And I want I personally want to take a folding chair and beat the ever-living brains out of this guy. I want to take a folding chair because, again, when you traumatize young girls the way that he did and you got away with it because of your power and your influence, he's a very influential doctor as far as within the Michigan State community, and he had Michigan State supporting him. He had the administration at one time that was supporting him, and they're like, um, have you seen all of the things that this guy has done? Oh, oh, it's that bad? Yeah, it's that bad. He's a dirtbag, fleabag, scuzzbucket, lowlife maggot. He is the, he is the, he's not even worthy of being that spit that forms in your mouth when you're sleeping and it crusts up and everything. He's a maggot. He he's 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 not even maggot crap. He's lower than that. And I I wish every and again his stupid looking face. I wish everything bad that can happen to him. And I say that with all due sincerity. I'm not joking when I say this. I am rooting for his demise. And everything that he gets in prison is exactly what he put those girls through. And I'm not talking about women. I'm not talking about grown adult women. These were teenage girls. And I have a teenage daughter. If he had done this to my daughter, he'd be dead by now. And I'd be locked up in prison because I would have gone away and I would have found a way. He's a human piece of garbage. And there is no rehabilitation for guys like this. There is no such thing as rehabbing or curing or anything for this kind of people. That's why it's such a high recidivism rate on these kinds of cases because they use their power and their influence and they think they can get away with this. And there is nothing about this guy that doesn't he doesn't deserve. And every time I look at this picture of his stupid-looking face, he gets everything that is coming to him. He thinks it's bad in prison? Good. 
He thinks it's bad in a Florida federal prison. Prison, Good. Good. He was stabbed multiple times. Good. I hope he doesn't come out of it. Or he comes with some kind of, you know, uh, long-term defect from it. But there's nothing that can happen to this guy that isn't warranted that's bad in this prison. He deserves every single bit of it. And I, I again, I, I, I get so angry when I, I see guys like this and they wielded the kind of power and influence that they did, and they manipulated these girls, and they and they obviously just and, and there were so many blind eyes to all of this stuff that went on, so many blind eyes, either blind eyes or nobody wanted to believe it. You know, that's a lot of times how this thing works is nobody wants to believe it, right? Yeah, I was gonna say that's exactly what I was gonna say is that the thing that's really disgusting about all this is that nine times out of ten like you said situations like this someone knows what's going on sure the majority of people know what's going on absolutely best like you're either complicit in it or you're like best case scenario you're turning a blind eye to it worst case scenario you're complicit in your like helping it or right you might you might as well be in the room i mean you might as well be in the room and it's just it's disgusting And, and i don't know again I, 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 I can't begin to even delve into his perverted mind to try to justify or try to rationalize with what he was thinking and doing. But every time I look at that stupid face of his, I just I wanna I wanna take a folding chair and beat him in the face with it. And and, and on and I'm being totally honest. I, I I don't apologize for my take on it. I don't apologize if that makes me a bad person. I don't apologize for it. I, I am who I am. At 51 years old, I am who I am in these kinds of situations. And I've got a 14-year-old daughter. And I promise you, that gets into gymnastic kind of ages, 14, 16 years old. Heck, by the time you're 18, you're over the hill. You know, I mean, by the time you get to 18 and you're getting out of your teens, you're, you're, a, you're a has-been in the world of gymnastics. And guys like this manipulated and they use their power and their influence to just basically the mind games and, and, and things you read about these girls that, you know, remember, they, they all went up and testified against him. Like, they talked about how traumatized they were, and, and I, I give them all the credit in the world for being able to stand their ground and go and testify against him because this guy is a complete scuzz bucket, and everything that he gets, every single thing bad that happens to him is deserved. And I don't care what that level of, you know, crime is against him, he'll never be able to repay his debt to what he caused all those girls to go through. And it wasn't just one or two girls. It was a massive amount of girls. All right, Braves at the break. When we get back, Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game, and the Odyssey.com app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. 
and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.